Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We are moving into uh, this, really the ending of this whole teaching series called United, where we've been going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Ephesians, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And this weekend, we're turning that corner into looking at um, Ephesians chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, I would love to have you turn with me to Ephesians 6. I've also provided my outline notes for you. They're going to be in the bulletin as well. As we've been going through this teaching series, there have been three words which have been guiding our journey. And those are not my words, but they're the words by a Chinese pastor by the name of Watchman Nee. And he uses these three words to to formalize, summarize um, kind of the movements of Ephesians. The first one is seated. The second one is walking. And the third one is standing. That we are seated in Christ Jesus. That's our identity. That for verses 4 and 5, we're walking out our faith and the unity that only comes from him. And then during chapter 6, we're looking at that we do have an enemy, and that we're standing against this enemy, but we're doing so in victory. Everyone say victory. Oh, that was weak cheese. Everyone say victory. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. We're not, we're not hoping for victory. The battle's already been won. The battle has already been won, and we stand victorious in Christ, in Christ alone, and that is the good news. So with that being said, let me go ahead and jump into Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10, 11, and 12. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. God is powerful, yes? Put on the full armor of God. We're going to be unpacking what the full armor of God means next week uh, so that you can take your stand Against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's our focus for today. Church, would you join me in prayer? Let's pray. So, Lord God, would you now invade this place? We, we, we just speak the, the blood of Christ over this place. There is a spiritual battle. The enemy, he is active, but Jesus, you are victorious. So in the midst of this, would would we, by looking at some of the darkness that evil brings, would your light shine brighter as a result of it because of who you are, Jesus? Because you were the word made flesh, you were the light in the darkness, and that light had a name, and his name was Jesus. Jesus, have your way with us today. It's in your name we pray. Amen? Amen. And I tell you what, I I, I fought the spiritual battle um, this weekend of not wanting to teach this passage. And here's why. Because it's not a very fun Thanksgiving passage. I've I've, I've taught several Thanksgiving feel-good messages. We have so much to be thankful messages in the last 25 years. But I need you to know that, that God's word is true. And God knew that this is what we needed to hear together today as a church family. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into really spiritual warfare and battle today. Uh, with that being said, I just wanted to remind you all that we do have an enemy. 
And I hate giving that enemy any stage time whatsoever, but Paul felt like we needed to know this. Um, and, that, and that the enemy loves to cause confusion. He loves to, to, he loves to cause distractions. Do you guys agree with me on that? Let me give you just one funny example today. One hour before um, our, our message this morning, our church's internet all went down. So if you guys have been trying to get on, like log on to the internet, yeah, good luck with that, right? Um, <clears throat> but we're not stopping at that. So um, with that being said, we're, we're, we're pulling out our phones. We're tethering our cell service, you know, to, to the internet. We don't know if we're going to be able to do live right now. But what I do know is, is that the enemy would love nothing more than for this truth to be broadcast to the world. Do you guys agree with me on that? He would love nothing more than for our tireless volunteers and staff members to be discouraged because of all the work they went through this week, only to have it not be able to be broadcast beyond this place right here. That's the kind of stuff that the enemy loves to do. As a church family, the enemy loves to cause division. The enemy loves to foster in gossip, but under the guise of prayer. The enemy is alive, and he's active. And our enemy, though, is not a secret to us. If you're taking notes, if you would write this down. Our enemy is known. If you would write that down. Our enemy is known. For those of us that have been praying for the peace of Israel, we've been watching all the events of these past weeks and months, and we're praying for just the Lord's hand to to just intervene in this. I think part of the challenge has been that they don't always know who their enemy is, right? They're, 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 They're looking... In, in foxholes and they're looking in tunnels and, and people that are dressed as this are really that. And so there's a lot of confusion in the battlefield. By the way, I know the, the, the language of a battle is concerning for some of us, but I need you to know that there is a spiritual battle. Do you believe that, church? There is. There is a spiritual battle. And one of the ways that the enemy causes us to, uh, one of his greatest deceptions is for those of us to believe that there isn't. So let me talk a little bit about who our enemy is, who can be known, and where did he come from. Well, there's a lot of Old Testament allegory that that explains who our enemy is. Ezekiel, if you're looking to read this afternoon, chapter 28, talks about the fact that our enemy was created originally as an angel by God. I don't know if you knew that or not, but originally created by God, and he, he began as a beautiful guardian angel in heaven. What are angels? Uh, this last week, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, who I'm a big fan of, if you guys like Dr. Jeremiah, he had a devotional, and uh, he talked about four things that angels were. I wanted to give credit where credit's due. The first is, is that they're created beings by our creator, God. So they didn't create themselves. Angels are innumerable, meaning there are too many to count. Angels don't float on clouds. <laughs> they're, you know, but... Uh, you know, but they do reside in heaven, and, and, and you can see that in, uh, in Isaiah 66. And as I'm going to read in just a moment in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, angels don't have physical bodies, they're spirit beings. Notice what it says in verse 14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So they, they don't have physical bodies, but, boy, oh boy, can they ever invade the bodies of some people and cause all kinds of havoc, agree? See, our, our, our enemy is known, and our enemy has a name. Actually, our enemy has several names. But, but the three most common names of our enemy, and they are this right here, Lucifer, Satan, and the devil. Uh, Lucifer literally means shining star. 
It goes back from being beautiful in heaven, right? Satan is our adversary, and the devil is our accuser. Have you ever felt accused before, everyone? You ever felt like someone is, is accusing you of something that is not, not, that, that's not true? Yeah, I want to remind you the totality of Scripture says that there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. And the accuser is a liar, and that's who the devil is. You see, the enemy is a liar. Our enemy is a deceiver, and he is the author of confusion. And one of the things that our enemy likes to do is he likes to, he likes to, he likes to convince us that he doesn't exist. There's actually four things that I've discovered that he loves to do. He, he, he loves to the lies of telling us, it's kind of like half-truths, you know, that Jesus was a good man, but that's all he was, was just a good man. He loves to tell us that the Bible is truth, but it's just one of the forms of truth. The, the, the devil loves to, uh, he loves to say that, that church is good, but just as long as it doesn't interfere with your travel plans. He loves, he loves to say that Jesus is a way, but he hates it when we say that Jesus is the way. You know, Frank Sinatra basically made it famous when he said, I did it, what everyone? My way. And at the end of the day, that's what the enemy wants us to believe, that we can do it our way and that just all things are going to work out in the end. But one of the biggest lies that we can fall for and that the enemy, the devil, Lucifer, fell for was this big lie right here. And it was the lie um, that he could not only be like God, but that he could be God and maybe be his own God. And, and when we ever struggle with pride, everyone say pride. Pride has I in the middle of it. Sin has I in the middle of it. And at the heart of the, 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 uh, the big temptation, the big lie that the enemy fell for was the fact that, that he was prideful enough to believe that he was not happy with the position that he was given and that he wanted to create his own position and that was to be even greater than God himself. Let me quote what Isaiah, the messianic prophet, talks about. Messianic means like, the prophet Isaiah talked about who, like how things would come when Jesus would come. Listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 14. These are the words of the enemy. He says, I will ascend to the heavens. This is Lucifer. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. This sounds pretty humble, doesn't it? That's sarcasm. Um, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. And so that is what the enemy does for us. The enemy convinces us that our ways are fine and that God is just misguided and that the, the word of God is maybe antiquated. It is out of context. But the truth is, is that the enemy is a liar and a deceiver and he fell for his own big lie. And as a result of that, I need to tell you what happened. As a result is that he was condemned by God and he was thrown out of heaven. Scripture tells us along with one third of the heavenly host went with him as well. In the midst of all this, I want to remind you that the, that the enemy was a created being and that there is no match between our creator God and a created being. Amen, church. A lot of times we, we view those as equal and that somehow the enemy has the upper hand. But I want to remind you that he is just simply a fallen angel. Our God is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He knows everything. He is everywhere. The enemy can be at one time and at one place at one point. But do not mis be misled about how crafty the enemy is. He is organized. You might even want to write that down. He is organized. He does have armies 
on his beck and call. We are at war with an enemy. And our battle, as Scripture says in our passage today, is not against flesh and blood. However, the enemy can work through people. We can know our enemy. Number two, if you would write this down, is that our enemy is mobilized. Our enemy is mobilized. Just like we celebrated the Veterans Day last weekend, we can see that there's a lot of things that are globally happening with our military right now. We know there's rank and file. We know there's generals, captains, and sergeants. The same is true with our enemy. He does have demons, principalities, and powers that are in the dark world and forces. And these principalities have impacted every part of our sector. They've infiltrated it, and they've influenced our media, our entertainment, our education, our politics, and yes, sadly, the church. The enemy is alive, where he's permeated the pride of pastors, and he's compromised churches with their lack of conviction. An interesting read, if you want to know more about this, would be one of my favorite authors of all time, C.S. Lewis. If you would write down the, the book, The Screwtape Letters. It's not a book for everybody, but it's one from which many have begun to see the battle for what it really is. I want to remind you just shortly this, and I'm going to give you another quick one, and that is, is that the demons love to make Christians miserable. They love to take churches off mission and make them ineffective because they're mobilized. And here's another thing if you're taking notes, is that our enemy is calculated. Write that down, please. Our enemy is calculated. He has schemes and he has methods. And one of the greatest schemes and methods of our enemy is by using this word right here. Please write this down. Put this on your notes. And I want you to circle it. And it's the word fear. F-E-A-R. If you need help spelling that. If you're not hooked on phonics, that's how you spell it. Fear. I need you to know that, that the father of lies loves to create fear. Uh, scripture uses the metaphor of a lion, 1 Peter chapter 5, to be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like what everyone? A roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What is one of the greatest tactics of a lion? It's fear. Have you heard a lion roar? That's not there to, to lull you to sleep, everybody. It's there to paralyze you in what? Fear. And fear, there's an acronym for fear. It's false evidence appearing real. Fear is the opposite of faith. And faith is what we've been called to walk by. Amen, church? Fear holds us back. Fear limits who God is. When we are fearful, it's because we forgot the first movement of Ephesians, which is our identity in Christ. Our identity in Christ reminds us who we are. And who we are is not what we do, but is what Christ has done for us. Friends, in Christ, we are accepted, we're significant, and we're secure. And nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, church. And that is faith. Fear tells you, we don't have enough. We're not good enough. We, we've not been successful in the past. We're not going to be successful in the future. Fear blinds us to where, who God is and what he wants for our life. It, it, it's the lies that he's telling us about. And I want to give away my good stuff at the end, but this is what I want to tell you. When the devil is trying to dig up your past, I want you to remind him of his future. <laughs> 
When he's trying to dig up all the things that you did wrong, all the reasons why it's not going to work out, I want you to be reminded of the fact that we are not fighting for victory. We are standing in victory in Christ Jesus. So we don't need to be afraid. Even though the enemy is calculated, and he loves to confuse us, he loves to, to, to try to blind us. I remember the, the creation account when, when, when sin entered the world. Remember how crafty the serpent was there? Let me remind you, in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent, this once again, you know, the, the devil's a snake, right, everybody? He's just a snake in the grass, right? Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God, what everyone, really say you must not eat of the fruit of the garden? See, the, 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 the enemy loves to trick us up, loves, loves to get us to, to stumble, loves to question the authority of God's word in our life. And it starts with this. It starts with our thoughts. He loves to replace his thoughts about us with what the enemy wants us to believe. And we got to get back to the fact of who we are in Christ. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the enemy. How did Jesus combat the temptation of the enemy? What did he do? With what? The Word of God. Right? Scripture. This morning in our Bible reading, and for those of you that are newer to Bethany Church, we're reading the same Bible verses every day through our verse of the day. This morning's was just right on point in Joshua 1, verse 8, that we are to meditate on the book day and night. So for those of you that have yet to put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ, one of the greatest lies, one of the greatest ways that the enemy of your soul is blinding you right now is to the truth that you need him. And I just want you to know, in just a couple of moments, I'm going to be giving you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But we do have an enemy that wants you to believe that you're good enough, you're smart enough, and people like you, like Stuart Smalley said on Saturday Night Live. But the truth is, is that we're not good enough, and we're not smart enough. The devil's a liar. Let me remind you what Scripture says, 2 Corinthians 4, that the God of this age, which is the enemy, has blinded. Everyone say blinded. He's blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of Christ. So the chances are right now that all of a sudden, because you're hearing the truth, maybe you've been blinded before, you're hearing it in a new way. And that's called the gospel. It's called the light shining in the darkness. So friends, I've shared some really, really hard news for 20, about 20 minutes. In the last few moments that I have together, can I share some good news? Is anybody ready for some good news? <laughs> Say, Pastor, preach me some good news. <laughs> all right, all right. So here, here we go. Here's the best news. Do not, if you fill out one thing, fill this out. Here it is. The enemy is defeated. Would you write that down? The enemy is, yeah, we can, we can clap for that. Though the enemy has attempted to blind the minds of unbelievers, there are those of us in Christ that our minds have been opened up to the spiritual reality of what Christ did on the cross. You see, I know it's Christmas, but everyone, Easter Sunday's a coming. And on, on the cross, the enemy thought that he had won when Jesus hung there. And then Jesus, in Greek, he said the, the, the phrase, tetelestai, which means paid in full. And when Jesus said, it is finished, what Jesus did on the cross was the work on the cross that neither one of us could have ever done for ourselves, that only he could do. The perfect Lamb of God would be slain for the sins of the world. There's power 
in the blood of Jesus. Amen. There's also, if you would write this down, there's the purpose of the church. And the purpose of the church is, is that we're not to be stationary. We're to be mobile. And the church has the power over whatever the enemy wants to do. This is going to be a bit of a, a hard verse for some of us to put our heads and hearts around. But if you would, Rob, go ahead and put this up here. Romans 16, verse 20, that the God of peace, okay, so shalom, which, by the way, is kind of a part of our tradition, peace, right, will soon crush Satan. So you guys see that, everyone? You have peace, but then you also had an adversary. And the peace of God is going to crush Satan, what, everyone, under our And the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. There's marching orders that we don't need to be afraid, that our enemy can be known, that we're standing in victory. But notice the imagery of feet. Church, we are on a movement from God. We have been given battle orders. We're not stationary. We're not retreating. We're moving forward. Scripture says, how beautiful are the Feet for those who bring what? Good news. So friends, you want some good news. The good news is not what's going to happen here as much as what's going to happen when we leave here and we enter the mission field. That we've been called to not only equip the next generation to engage in community here, but then to expand beyond the walls of the church and to be the light and the life of Christ to a watching world around us. And so believer when that enemy tries to remind you of, of why, why you just should just go back into your little hole and you should hide, I want to remind you, you need to remind him of what his future looks like. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, and then I'm going to give you the big idea. And the devil who deceived them, by the way, the devil's a deceiver. This is the end of the book, by the way. This is like right there by the maps at the end of the Bible, right? Okay. So the, the, the devil who deceived them will, will be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Have you smelled sulfur lately? No bueno. It smells real bad. Where the beast, I'm not sure what that is, but it doesn't sound good. And the false prophet had been thrown into. So they're there before, past tense. They will be present, future, indicative forever, by the way. Tormented day and night, let's say it out loud, everyone, forever and ever. Now, just because, yeah, right there, okay, let's clap to that. So, so here, is, here is what's happening eternally right now. Lean in. The, the angels are singing glory, hallelujah, glory. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. The, the anthem of heaven is happening. In, and then you also have this, this, this terrible picture of, of, of people, not only the enemy, but those who do not yet believe. And so what am I saying? What, what, what I'm saying is, 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 is our, our choices is, is going to be holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Or it's going to be tormented forever and ever and ever. So I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there, church. If you've never given your life to Christ, I don't want that for you or anybody that you love. This Christmas, you have an opportunity 
to introduce or reintroduce Jesus Christ to somebody that will change their forever. More than anything that you could buy for them on Amazon, you could give them the gift of opening the present, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the goal. That's why we're here. So here's the big idea. You can wake up for those of you that are asleep. For those of you that are watching your NFL, okay, here's the big idea. So you can say, hey, I went to church. This is what he said. Come. That we don't fight for victory. We fight from a position of victory. Guys, I just want to remind you that Ephesians chapter 6 says that we are standing in victory. That is Ephesians 6. Next week, we're going to be looking at this idea of the spiritual armor of God that we, we don't need to be afraid when we're under attack. We, we, can, we can also be on the offensive as well. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and we're going to close in a final song. And this, this final song is going to be an anthem that I really do hope that you will be humming throughout the week. And if you don't know the song, if you've never heard it before, maybe go on iTunes or wherever you get your music, and that you, would, that you would download this, upload this, and let this be something that you are reminded of, of who we are in Christ. So let me speak to two, two, just two groups of people as we close. Number one is for those of you who are believers, and you've been, you've been, losing, you've been losing the battle. There have, been some, there have been some areas of your life where you've been listening to the wrong voice. There been some struggles, some hurts, and some habits that, that have been getting the best of you. I want to give you your, your action items. James 4, verse 7 says this. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, there's a song I grew up hearing. It was, trust and obey, for there's no other way. That, that's what we're talking about here, church. Trusting and obeying. I, maybe there's an area of your life, believer, that you just, during this song, that you just need to make it your anthem, and you just need to say, I, I trust you, God. I trust you with this hurt. I, tr- I trust you with this habit. I trust you with this thing that I can't, I can't kick, and I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering it to you. I'm trusting you with my family. I'm trusting you with my finances. I'm trusting you with my health issues. I'm trusting you with the things that I cannot control. And for those of you that have not yet given your life to Christ, during this song, this can be your anthem. This can be you saying, I, I, I've fallen, I've been blinded, I've been believing what was wrong, but I'm now believing the truth that Jesus, you are the way, that you are the truth, and you're the life. Only through Christ Jesus can we experience salvation. You believe that, church? So if you would stand to your feet at this time. Christy and the band are going to lead us in this final song, and we'll close out together.